Thinking about selling your home this fall? It is that special time of the year to highlight your home's charm. And if you're looking to achieve top dollar for your property, Fairfield County's expert realtor, Alessandro Divino, is your secret weapon to navigating the auto market. See and feel the difference of working with a realtor that makes you a top priority, not just a client. Don't wait. Make this the season you achieve your real estate goals. Visit AlessandroDivinoHomes.com today and watch your property's potential blossom. And ShopASF.com. Are you looking to up your game? ASF Sports and Outdoors has you covered. All the sports gear you need to make sure your game stands out. ASF is your community hub for all your sporting goods, located at 1560 East Post Road in Westport. ASF is the proud sponsor of the Prep Zone Athlete of the Month. ASF, your sports headquarters. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Prep Zone podcast. I'm your host, Esteban Devino. And if you like um, our podcast and you want to continue to see our episodes out there, I ask you to take a minute to please subscribe to our channel in the button below and also turn on your notifications. Uh, by doing that, you uh, keep supporting us and we can keep you bringing this great content. So thank you so much for tuning in today. My guest today is uh, Coach Chris O'Dell. How you doing, Coach? Wonderful. Uh, Chris was, uh, was a Staples boys freshman coach from 2004 to 2015. Then back from 18 to 21, and now back for the 2023 season. Altogether, 16 seasons. More or less, right? More or less. Uh, I was from 2005 to 2015 freshman, assistant varsity for 16, 17, back to freshman for 18, 19, 20. And then I've been gone the last couple of years. And you're back this season. And I'm back this season. Back yep. this season, yeah. Chris is also a starting defender on the 1993 state championship team, and you also captained the squad in 1994. Yes, sir. Uh, Chris is a graduate from Michigan State University with a degree in construction management and is the owner and head of operations of the Odell Group, which is a firm dedicated to building energy-efficient luxury homes in Westport and in the surrounding areas. Does that about cover it? That about covers it. <laughs> we've, we've pivoted a little bit more to remodeling than building uh -huh. new homes. But, uh, yes. We're, we're still there. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to kick off with this. So I was reading stuff about you, and I found that you actually threw a first pitch at a Cubs game in 2017. Yeah. Right? Um, tell me about the experience. How was that? Uh, it was an anxiety-filled experience. Um, so growing up in Westport, you get a lot of connections, and sure. one, of, one of my connections has done very successfully, and... Uh, and bought the rights for, I want to say, at a charity auction um, to throw the first pitch out at every stadium around the United States. And he, he knows I'm a diehard Cubs fan. And so, and, and I had, he, him and I had lived in Chicago together after college. I see. Uh, and he invited me out to do that. And, and I went out to, did it, to, to do it. I remember turning around to the catcher, who I believe was Justin Grimm, one of their relief pitchers. And saying, "Hey, Justin, I just I have no idea where this ball is going." <laughs> and I went out to the mound, turned around, and threw it. And I'm I'm pretty sure I threw it right into the ground, bounced <laughs> like two feet in front of him. Yeah, I, I couldn't <laughs> find a video. I only saw a photo, yeah. but it was, it was a great photo of you. Your your kids were there with you too, right? Uh, one of my kids was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was. An, I'm sure it was an amazing experience. I mean, very few people in the world get to experience that, so I'm sure it was really cool. It was. It was. It was awesome. But we've tried to erase all video of it. <laughs> you probably did a good job. I couldn't <laughs> find anything. 
um, you know, uh, and um, you've been a Staples record all your life. Like you said, you grew up in town, right? Yep. I mean, you, you bleed Staples. And what are some, can you share maybe one or two of your fondest memories uh, of maybe playing a sport in school? Just something that you, that, you know, that kind of captures uh, how Staples lives in your heart. Uh, well, I was, I was always a baseball player first, um, and I fell into Staples soccer just because it was such an, a, an amazing program and I had such a positive experience with it, um, which is something I've, I've always just tried to carry through as a coach, um, was, was everything, I, I think, in terms of personal growth uh, through a sports program was attained by me through the Staples soccer program and not through the Staples baseball program. Uh-huh. Despite the fact that baseball has been my love, you know, and, and to this day is still my love. Um, but, uh, you know, winning a state championship, I don't think you can beat that. Yeah. Um, and and I, I thought we could never, you know, top that emotion until we beat uh, Fairfield my senior year. Uh, the third time we played um, in the second round of states. Um, just a huge, huge rivalry between us and a lot of us knew each other. There was mixing in social groups and mm-hmm. amongst girls and all that other stuff. And we had, we had beat them once earlier in the year, and then we tied them for the FCX championship, and then we played them in the States. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of uh, talking back and forth, and, and we had a, um, you know, an amazing overtime win there as well, which, which just was uh, – and it was golden goal back then, which, you know – That's is, right. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, exactly. an, that's an exciting way to end a game. It is. So it's it's a, also a crucial way to, I mean, brutal way to end the game. It, it, yeah. Well, I mean, PKs, <laughs> are, PKs are just as brutal to me. I, I agree. I think there's like, you know, when you, it, it's like you always know somebody's going to miss, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, somebody's going to miss for that to end and that ends like well, that. And you never, and it's, it, it's hard to attribute that to skill. You know, I mean, you're, yeah. you're trying to determine who's the better team. And at that moment, it's just, it's a whole sequence of variables. And I don't know. Yeah. Nerve, nerves. Yeah. I mean, everything comes yeah. into play. Now, um, you know, many players and parents, you know, myself included, I mean, my, you're, you're my son's coach freshman year, and he still talks fondly about you, and we, we all hold you in high regards. Uh, you know, speak highly of your coaching approach. Um, and some describe it as old school, right? And can you elaborate on your coaching philosophy? I mean, how does that apply? Because you're getting the kids at a 14, 15-year-old age, you know, where they're coming in, and they're like, it's a big, big step for them to go from middle school to high school. And you're getting them like and th- making that soccer team as they're alive, right? And I mean, but how do you, how do you kind of, what's coaching philosophy go into that? So um, fortunately, I, I think it's kind of the perfect position for me in terms of freshmen and, and the age group because um, when when I was uh, an athlete at, at Staples and and I was a good athlete, um, I could have used more speed, but um, I, I you know I was captain as you said of, of the soccer and the baseball teams and, and we had successes. Um, I, I noticed that the biggest limiting factor to my game, uh, was, was my ability to, to manage my mentality. And, and I mean that on a whole, you know, multitude of ways. I mean, it wasn't just say not managing my temper, which I couldn't do in baseball, but (laughs) I did very well in soccer or, you know, not being able to, um, you know, understand and just focus on fixing the problem. I, so, you know, I, 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 I think confidence gets misunderstood. Like confidence is, is seen by many as like, you know you're going to succeed. Right. And, and to me, confidence actually starts with, with knowing you're going to fail. And, and then it's what you do with that failure and how you handle that failure. And I had such an intense fear of failure when I was young 
um, I noticed that in sports, it, it's on one hand that fear of failure caused me to, to work harder, which was great. So I worked as hard as I could, and there was a lot of benefits that you got from working as hard, and, and no one would be on the field playing harder than me, and no one prepared as much as me. Um, but the fear of failure also becomes very limiting in a game. Sure. From an anxiety level, from a, what do you, you know, when stuff goes wrong, how do you manage that? Um, and, and I was always, it's just something I thought about as I was, you know, growing up, that if I could have learned to have managed that better, um, I could have performed better. And, and it's, I mean, it's obviously something even today I apply in building my business and all that stuff. And, and so when I look at these kids, um, it, you know, because I said I'm a baseball guy first, I, I don't even approach them as a, as a soccer guy, and I don't try to. And, and in this town that works, because they all come to me having 100 soccer guys around them, right? They, right. All, they all have six guys training them and <laughs> six different coaches, and they're all soccer guys, yeah. some from Europe, some from Latin America, some from here, wherever. They don't need me to be the soccer guy. And so I've just embraced this role of being like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to teach you everything that I thought were my failures. And, and a lot of that just becomes like, you know, when you get anxious on the field, like how do you push through that or how do you embrace it? And, and when you feel negatively going your negative um, energy coming your way, like how do, you, how do you redirect that or harness it or, or not let it lose steam? Um, you know, in baseball, I think about all the time. I mean, you know, baseball is known for, for the anxiety because of, of the yips, you know, yep. the yips. That, that, so mm -hmm. I had that. Well, I, was, I was a pitcher and I couldn't throw to first base. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, if I ever got the ball hit back to me, I had to underhand to first base. You just end up with this. Yeah. And, and it's such a limiting factor. So when I look at it with these kids, you know, it's one of the big things I focus on all year is you guys are going to fail and you're going to fail a lot. And if you don't fail, then you're not even trying. Um, but it's, it's kind of how you handle that failure. Mm -hmm. and, and I think for 14 and 15 year old boys who are coming into high school, who are so filled with pressure and anxiety about their place in life. And, you know, they're starting to grow up and become men and they're, they have all these things, you know, they're, they're no longer at home and the babies of the home and all that stuff. Yeah. I think it speaks to them and, and it reaches them on a level that they get to apply to soccer and then they get to apply through all the other stuff they're going through in life. And it's just, I, I think it's a good sort of, uh, connection i guess it is because you know i was gonna you know I, I i think i've been to three soccer banquets right uh end of your banquets and without fail a senior gets up there and he talks about his freshman year and he talks about the influence that, y that you had on his formation so the approach seems to be working and like you said it seems to go up above and beyond that soccer like you said maybe it's what you said you don't treat them as soccer players you kind of look at, at the whole person right and then to, to follow up on that, I think when, when you were coaching my son, I got one email from you that talked about, and I want you to explain on that a little bit, was that uh, parents usually in town complain a lot about fouls, right? Yeah. The minute it goes down, referee everybody starts yelling. And you had sent us an email saying that you were teaching them about to pick, the, pick up the ball and go, kind of like a, a life lesson. Do you remember what that was all about? Is that a philosophy that you have? Can you share that a little bit? It's, it's a big one in my home. I don't know how well I've done it trying to beat it into my, kid, my kids' um, heads because, uh, unfortunately, I, I, I think that the kids I coach in soccer listen to me more than my own kids do. But, probably right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big one in, in my house, which is when things go wrong, um, you know, it's easy to say, who do you blame? Whose fault is it? How unlucky am I? you know, and, and get yourself down because of it. 
But when you do any of those things, you're not focusing on fixing the problem, you know, resolving whatever caused that thing to go wrong. And sometimes it is just dumb luck, in which case you should be focusing on, you know, moving forward to the next step, you know, just just doing it. Anytime you spend any amount of energy on the negative aspect of that, you're bringing yourself down further and you're hurting your ability to perform in the future. And that's one of the big things with my with, with the kids. I'm like, hey, soccer is a series of moments. You know, if you get down in that moment, you're hurting your future moments. And it only takes one moment. You know, it's not like all these other things with timeouts and all these scores back and forth. Soccer, you get one moment that can kill an entire game, right? Yeah. You can dominate an entire game one moment. So if you get down, if you referee makes a bad call and you focus on that on the call that wasn't made, let's say, and the guy blows by you and scores a goal, that's it. You get you don't get to make up for that. It'll be your only chance you know? all game. That's it. And, and so I just, I, I want the kids to understand that. And again, just like anything else, I think it really applies to life. I think it, it, it's actually kind of sad to look around and see how many people let themselves get down by all the things that have happened to them negatively, rather than just figuring out how to overcome it. The people I see who are happiest in life are the people who just know how to, um, you know, resolve the problem, fix the problem, who focus that way or focus on, on moving on from it. Yeah. And, and it's, again, like I said, that was one of, uh, you know, in the few things, emails I read and I remember reading it and saying, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, those are kind of lessons, life lessons you hope stays on with the kid, you know, for a long time. And I think you've done a really good job. And one thing that I've admired too is that you seem to maintain a good relationship with the players even after they leave high school. I know that you play in a watermelon cup, which is something they do, uh, you know, uh, on their own time in the summer. And, and how, how does that relationship develop, you know, a little bit outside high school? Because I think it, it you know, it's, it, it's really good that the kids look at you as a coach, but also as a mentor off the, the field. And how, how did that come about? And how do you, how do you kind of nurture that? I, I actually think I do a terrible job nurturing that. <laughs> um, I, because I, there are a lot who reach out to me um, who I probably don't do as good a job, you know, returning communication. And that's, you know, I'm just in a place with four kids and building my mm -hmm. own business where there's only so much I can do. But whenever yeah. I can give them the time, I mean, just yesterday I was texting with uh, one of, I want to say my second year, uh, Jack Hennessy, who's, who's gone on and um, is living in Chicago. I was texting him about the Cubs because the Cubs are doing really well right, right now. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I've kept that relationship. And, and it's, it's not just the kids. I've kept the relationship with a lot of the parents, too. Um, you know, a lot of the people who recommend my business are parents of, of kids I coach. Uh, but I think, I think I take a degree of pride in the kids being able to take the lessons they get from freshman year and apply them to life. So whenever they're mm -hmm. kind of giving me that feedback, I, it's natural for me to engage in that in whichever yeah. way possible, whether it be going to lunch with them, whether it be playing soccer or, or just having a phone call. Yeah, it, it, I feel like it's, it's really good, right? And we mentioned about how I feel like the freshman season uh, is the foundation for the kids four years in high school because it's kind of like, you know, maybe, you know, I'll mention something, you probably remember this. I think there was a freshman year where they canceled the last game and you came up to the bank when you said, well, it's my time to make everybody uncomfortable, right? I was pissed. <laughs> you were. I was super pissed. But at the same point, I think like, you show that you care so much about that, right? And yeah. that, like, it, it was almost like when you got up and you said that, we as parents, which I was a freshman parent that year, I kind of like, well, he gets it, yeah. right? And, and I think you were, like, kind of speaking for everyone. But it's just, like, sometimes when, you know, 
usually get an athlete in town and they figure, oh, my, somebody will say, well, my son is, you know, uh, he's a freshman, he's playing varsity and so on, and then that kind of does something like that. But I think they, they miss a lot if they don't play on that freshman team, right? What, what, how, what's the importance of that team or, or, or not? I mean, wh- what do you think? You've said a lot of nice things. I, I, I don't know what the importance is. That's, that's probably for someone else to weigh, to weigh in on. I, I think that I spend a lot of time trying to help them um, I hope it lands. Uh, I, I work with a lot of different types of kids, and, and I try to alter my style with them. Um, and to the degree it lands, I, I mean, I, I, I've had a lot of positive feedback over the years. I think just like any person out there, um, when you get positive feedback, it encourages you to do more. It makes right. you feel, you know, fulfilled. It, mm-hmm. it makes you um, wanna wanna improve on it, and and maybe even figure out what else you can do but um i yeah Yeah. i I mean i I can tell you that game i i think about that i i i feel for my kids and and my wife will could could really speak to this she knows she's sometimes like you put you put too much energy into all that and i and i i I want so badly for kids i want it right and i that day before that game i went in and I said, you better not cancel this game. Mm-hmm. I said, there's this, today we could be playing, and you're moving it tomorrow. And he's like, I promise we won't cancel. And then he canceled the game. Um, and, and that costs the kids an experience. It costs them a learning. Mm-hmm. It costs them part of their season. And I think that's unfair. And when you do that, that means that you don't care. And one thing that everyone knows is, is they know I care. I care yeah. about their kids. Yeah. And I'm going to give them everything I can while I have the energy to do that, which you know these days is just limited on a time basis. Yeah, and you know... It- and I guess, you know, I want to also point out that, you know, I think because you cared so much, I think it kind of goes, you know, I think everything flows from the top, right? If the players and the parents all feel like their coach cares, then everything goes like that. So, and you mentioned about, you know, all earlier about how players have come into you and they've played club soccer, they've played rec soccer, they've had a lot of coaches, like said, different things. And they come into you and you kind of get players who are formed and you go in somewhere else. But if you were to give an advice to them, say, hey, here's, you know, one thing you can do. I'm talking about kind of a younger audience now, which I think there's a lot of eighth graders, seventh graders will be listening to this and say, hey, I, I, you know, what is he going to say to that? And I'm going to ask that question because I think that what can they do to better their chances to make the freshman team next year? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, it's really just about preparation. Um, and, and coming in prepared. But I, I tell every kid every year, I'm like, if, if you want to make this team, you have to be seen. I'm not, I, I, I make no secret of the fact that I don't necessarily go for the most skilled guys, not that that's not worth anything, but I just want someone who's trying as hard as they can, who I know. I've kept players who are terrible many, many years um, just because they, they're trying as hard as they can within their scope, not as hard as someone else can, but as hard mm-hmm. as they can. And I appreciate that energy. That's the energy I want to be around, and that's that's the energy I want to coach. Um, so if you're coming to try out for freshmen, I mean, you just got to try as as hard as possible. And and I think, you know, I think there's a lot of I think the Staples soccer program is headed in a lot of good directions, and I, I think Russell's going to um, find ways to sort of combine with the youth programs to give them a good path forward uh, through the program. That's terrific. I, I I do think that you know the foundation early on, even you think about rec. And rec plus, and then you go into, you know, travel clubs. I mean, it, it all kinds of feeds into high school, right? Because at the end of the day, I think that there's a pride of everyone who grows up in Westport to really represent the town. 
right? And when you put that uniform on, and like I'm representing my town, it's a little bit more than you know in a club where there's kids from all over town. So I think it's it's a special thing. So, um, and I do want to know, and I thank you so much for being here today. Sure. But I do want to end with a little quick hits. We always end the podcast this way, which is I want to ask a few things, you know, and then you just kind of tell me what comes to mind, you know, and we're going to share the audience to get to know you a little bit more. I mean, they, they see that hard-nosed defender, hard-nosed school coach out there, but now they're going to get to the little softer side of Coach Chris. Sure. Um, what's your favorite movie? Oh, man. Really? When it comes to, first comes to mind, you think about movies. Uh, oh, Snatch. I don't think I know Snatch. Uh, Guy Ritchie film. All right. Uh, morning person or night owl? Oh, morning person. Absolutely. Texting or calling? Oh, calling. Uh, absolutely calling. I know you're not much of a soccer guy, but Messi or Ronaldo? Oh, Ronaldo. Uh, beach or sightseeing? Uh, oh, sightseeing. Comedy or drama? Comedy. Spring or fall? Fall. Cats or dogs? Yeah, dogs. Sweet or salty? Salty. Pizza or burger? Pizza. Sushi or tacos? Tacos. Netflix or the movie theater? Uh, wow. Uh, let's go with uh, Netflix. And last one. If you could have dinner with a historical figure, dead or alive, who would it be? Teddy Roosevelt. Awesome. Coach Chris, thank you so much for being here today. We have a pleasure of seeing you. Hope to see you again soon. Sure. Thanks for having me.